All right. Tell me what you're telling me because this is crazy. Okay. Yeah. So there exists a book. It's called The Love Hypothesis. It's a Adam Driver slash Kylo Ren uh, with a self-insert fan fiction that's published. So it's like sold in a books a million and a Barnes and Noble and yeah. all over the fucking country. And uh, one of my friends swore by this book. What? So, like enjoyed it? Like enjoyed it. Genuinely enjoyed it. Is this, I mean, a, is this I guess, a, like, there's an a, overweight woman who enjoyed it? No. Um, complete opposite. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, a hot man. But, <laughs> but there... Um, like, like there are a couple that I've heard like elements of I'm like, oh, all right, that's, I, I can see why someone published it, but no, like this, this one was, it sounded God awful. Like it was definitely a millennial fan fiction. How horny was it? Not very horny, which oh, was well, partially the problem. Yeah. It's not that fun then. Um, so my girlfriend believing her and trusting her opinion, uh, Bought it under a discount. Well, that's good. And, and like read it in a day and a half. And she's like, wow, that's the most annoying shit of my life. So this like sparked conversation of um, like just her watching Adam Driver movies. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm not going to show you Marriage Story because you basically live that secondhand. <laughs> um, I'm not going to show you yeah, the new Star it's, Wars. It also kind of, it's I don't know, it's okay. Just a... A lot of people yelling at each, and it's also not really a relatable marriage story. Um, it's like, I mean, the problems that the couple is having are not relatable. Yeah, it's like, oh, you want to live in New York, and I want to live in L.A. Let's fight about it. <laughs> and I wasn't, I obviously wasn't going to show her the new Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, all right, I'll, I'll show you Black Klansman then. And like, my whole selling point was the whole interrogation scene. Yeah, that that the movie rocks, and that scene is amazing. Yeah. Um, but how he, how he uh, 4D chesses his way around those racists yeah. is really fucking By being funny. even more racist. <laughs> yeah. um, and homophobic and just hateful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so then we, like, we were pretty much on this Adam Driver kick for a, a short week. So then um, one of our other friends who had also read the book and is very familiar with Adam Driver apparently found out that his pinky, Adam Driver's pinky, is a ring size nine. It's a fucking huge pinky. It was like, oh, then that makes sense of why you make fuck, a fan, fan fiction about it. Who the it. fuck figured this out? I don't fucking know. What psychopath was like looking at pictures with him holding things and trying to gauge for size? Like, what would this feel like in my pussy? Exactly. You <laughs> underestimate exactly. the power of horny and female fans. Yeah. And that is what, like, I, I guess in the the one sex scene in the in the book, it involves his pinky That's specifically. Disgusting. Or something like that. These, yeah, these trifling hoes. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm not really doing intros anymore, but we got to evolve this podcast, boys. Um, I think we just evolved it by like that whole Adam Driver intro. Well, <laughs> look, we got to make a pivot, and we got to choose sides, okay? And I've chosen for us, so this is the new direction the podcast will be taking. That's right. Now we're on a CIA watch list. Goddamn. This is now 100% Russian propaganda station. Chernobyl was an outside job perpetrated by the United States. Uh, the Ukraine is bad, actually. And um, what else did Russia do? 
That was bad. I don't know. Does this mean we're socialists now? <laughs> okay. I right. didn't go over as I thought it would. Psych. I don't know what about what anything is going on. I don't know anything about nothing. Yeah, let me go back to the screen. Fucking morons everywhere. Nope, not what I wanted. That's so funny, though. <laughs> okay, just in case Drew wiles out a little bit. Okay, all right. <laughs> Gotta have the emergency Drew button ready. Yeah, no, we uh, we don't need to pivot, but I'm sick of doing intros, so unless I find something else hilarious, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break off the intros for a little while. But the boys have been scattered. We've been uh, we've been gone for a little while. Yeah. Um, as as we already said on last episode, Drew got, uh, was given Pride Month off to go to Gay Expert Colorado. Uh, Haven said he had jury duty, but the more I put two and two together on that one, I was like, what jury duty meets at six o'clock at night on a Friday? <laughs> Yeah, so that's a little s- suspicious. Um, I think he's out there slamming trim. I think he's got himself a lady friend. Uh, see, Donovan's at a ball game tonight. Um, so he's got an excuse. I was talking to Donovan uh, uh, at work the other day. And I, and I said, I said to him, I says, Donovan, I was thinking about black privilege. Now, we, <laughs> we all have heard about white privilege. And he was like, where are you going with this? Man? <laughs> uh, and I was like, Let, hear me out, okay? This is, this is how I explained it to him, okay? Picture right. two, two high school guys, right? Both 5'9". They're both wearing Dragon Ball Z t-shirts. One is black and one is white. Who's more gay? You know what I mean? Like, who's yeah. getting more pussy? The black guy. He can still, like, you look at a guy in, like, a Nickelodeon Nicktoons t-shirt. If he's a white guy, you're like, that sucks. If he's a black guy, you're like, hey, I remember all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's cool. That's fucking sweet. Also, I don't think there's ever been a black guy that's, like, had the thought, like, you know what will be my whole personality in high school? Carrying a guitar around and playing Bob Dylan songs. God, I knew someone like that. Yeah, exactly. Was he, still like that. It was, was not me. No, but it was he Schweit? Very much so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You know? So anyway, uh, he was like, yeah, he kind of got a point. So, you know, life's about contrasts. And I wanted to do this with him on, but he's like, I said, he's at a baseball game tonight. But I guess there's some major league pitcher that came to to play against the team that he's rooting for. So I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, so. Maybe that player's name is jury. And then that's why Haven has jury duty. I did. Yeah. So I saw, uh, Dan, you were saying you wanted to see the black phone. I went and saw it the other yeah. day. Um, what you think? It's okay. I got, I'm, I don't know why I am like excited by the, cause normally horror movies come out in the middle of the year. I'm like, Oh, whatever. But uh, the, the the draw to this one that was written by Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's kid. Okay. But I've, I'm like looking back, I'm like I don't really know any of his work, and he also did Lock and Key, which I think the comic I had I read a little bit of, and it was okay, but the show kind of sucked. Um, and I saw the first movie. This guy Scott Derrickson directed it. He did well for you two. You'll let me bring it to you guys' level. He directed the first Doctor Strange movie. Okay. Okay. So um, he also directed a movie called Sinister, which I watched the other night in preparation for Black Phone. And Sinister is that movie with Ethan Hawke where he's like a a true crime author and whenever he writes a book, he moves to the house that the true crime happened in to, you know, submerge himself into the 
into the like lore of what happened. Yeah. And he finds a box of like snuff films that were all done by the 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 sinister guy. And he has like just got ties to the cult and stuff and there's like weird imagery and stuff. It's a really scary movie. Mm-hmm. Uh really you know, it's not perfect, it. but it's it's like it's not bad by any means. And I'll say this, Black Phone's not bad either. But it's so hilariously like a Stephen King movie with training wheels on. <laughs> like, it's just uh, like baby's it, first Stephen. Yeah, King. it's it's de- definitely like it's got that. Um, you know, is it actually a Stephen King book? Well, it's his son. Or? It's his, his Stephen King's kid, Joe. Stephen King's oh, kid okay. did the thing with like David Bowie's kid, where he's like, "I'm going to be Duncan Jones. I'm not going to be whatever Bowie. I don't want to get you know. I don't want to traffic gotcha. off of my dad's name." So uh, Joe Hill wrote this short story where when the short story was written. The, it's about a guy who kidnaps children called the grabber and he was a clown. And so the, the guy was, he was just basically like, guys, if you make this movie, can you just make him not a clown? Cause when I wrote it, it had been out and not really been thought about for like 20 years. And now that you guys are making this, like it just came out, you know, we were just, people are still getting pe- uh, Pennywise tattoos, yeah. you know, like, uh, so they're like, yeah, so they made this cool. And I will say like the mask is super creepy and, he wears like a weird top hat, but he does. Ethan Hawke does this like uh, every bad guy now has got to be the Joker, like the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, where they're like, "I'm bad, but I'm like I'm bad, but I'm whimsical." Yeah, exactly, exactly, and just something like Ethan Hawke's amazing. But you, you're watching him, and you're like, "I just see Ethan Hawke." <laughs> you're like, "I just see anything with Ethan Hawke now." It's just like this is he's Ethan an amazing Hawk. actor, but he's another one of those that, like, you know, sometimes he can completely disappear into a role. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen First Reformed, the Paul Schrader movie. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, like a perfect movie. But this, it's like, I think they just needed to give that character a little more time to flesh out the, the backstory. Because I, you know, think I know why he does what he does. Because the movie, the themes of the movie are about abuse. It's from the point of view of children. Uh, they like ride bikes. It's like the Stranger Things kids or yeah. the Ed kids. One of them has this weird. They have the shine basically, but they the payoffs would be a lot sweeter if it was like ten minutes shorter in the beginning with the setup of the kid in the town and the other kids being grabbed. And 10 minutes longer in the middle with setting up Ethan Hawke's character. And, you know, that would have made it just perfect. Because he's not a supernatural entity like Pennywise to the point where, like, the less you know about Pennywise, the scarier he is. Because he's just like, how does it? We don't even know how he fucking works, you know? Um, And the more he's explained, when you learn about what the deadlights are and that he's just basically this, like... Lovecraftian monster, uh, old one. Yeah. It's less cool than just being a weird shape-shifting clown that likes to season the meat with fear. You know, all in all, it's, just, it's a solid, like, uh, little horror flick with a couple good jump scares. The best part of the night, though, was um, just to set the, set the stage. I, I went to go see it by myself, got all settled in, and I wore the exact outfit that I'm wearing now, which Excellent. for the listener is my tracksuit, one of my... Surprised uh, pieces of wardrobe. No wonder he wanted to switch gears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like the whole choose your seat thing, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm standing in line behind these really obnoxious high school kids that I'm praying are there to see like 
fucking Minions or Top Gun or something because they don't look old enough to see an R-rated movie. Yeah. But then I remember it's like 17 is the cutoff for rated R movies. So it's like, they might be. And sure enough, they get up to the window. And the whole time, and I guess it should have tipped me off because the the one, the girl says to the other girl like, oh my God, I'm going to get so scared. I'm going to grab onto you. She's like, that's totally, you know, that's totally fine. Slay queen, whatever. And (laughs) there's there's like a guy with them who's their same age and he's like, meekly, he's like, you can grab onto me if you want. And oh and she's like, um, we are not dating. We are not together. I am not your girlfriend. This poor guy. And then they get up to the counter and he buys the tickets. Oh, God. <laughs> like, Fuck no. He buys Damn. all the tickets. I was like, ah, poor guy. But uh, uh, so, yeah, I go, I get the, get my ticket, get sat down. And I kind of peeked to see where they were picking their seats. And I tried to get away from that. I thought they were like middle, like halfway up. Mm-hmm. turns out they were middle all the way back and I went all the way back and left flank because I was thinking even if I'm on the same row as them I'll be on the left side that way I, if I you know, go to the bathroom I got the stairs right there yeah. I'm strategic about this so they come in they sit down they're like two seats away from me on my right and then another bit of patheticness the, the, the guy is like wait no can I sit and then the, the other girl's like no she wants to sit next to me <laughs> so the girl's the the Why guy you invite this guy out. I know yeah. it sucks. I literally well, use he him bought the for tickets. His money. So uh yeah. <laughs> she has a one seat buffer between her and the guy that likes her, which is her friend taking the bullet for her. <laughs> so it's it's pretty it's pretty funny. Uh, they're on their phones the entire time. What the fuck? They like uh, they have that their screens on the entire fucking time. At different types of the mo- times of the movie, I could hear them like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, this is stupid. Like, and, but, and they were fucking talking at full volume through the previews. And I was having flashbacks to the din. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was having total flashbacks to our friend Jake saying a word that we, looking back on that whole thing, we're the idiots. Yeah. He had a good vocab word, but it was still fucking funny. <laughs> he used the word din and he just dropped it like you would drop like... And yeah, and like like we weren't supposed to say anything about it. He like, had like a language of a Victorian, yeah, like aristocrat, like, like so. I'm the asshole. Like, yeah, so yeah, but so, anyway, it made me think of that. I was like, wow, there's din happening right here. Um, but they're talking through the fucking all the all the. Uh, it, I'm religious when I go to see a movie. From the minute Nicole Kidman comes on screen and tells me that somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this, you need to be reverent and quiet. Because people paid money and people worked very hard on this movie and I'm wanting to get invested right now. Yeah. I got in like a storm out of the house fight with my best friend in high school because she would not stop fucking talking to her cousin while I was trying to watch like one of the worst dumb, nice core movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm, I'm sitting there alone in my tracksuit. You know, I'm not going to say anything to these people because what are they going to say? Like, I'm just going to yell out by some faggot in a tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so I'm sitting there quietly, just like, whatever, it's fine. Just enjoy the movie as much as you can. Thank God there is a guy with more autism than manners <laughs> in front of me. Excellent. And he turns around. He's there with his friends and he turns around. Because at this point, they've been talking through the entire movie. Relatively full volume. And he goes, can you be quiet, please? Thank you so much. And he turns around. And I was like, fuck. I almost leaned up and was like, thank you. But I didn't <laughs> want him to be like more pissed. Or, and I also didn't want to like 
you know, set them off just in case like the, yeah. the, the auditory thing happened, you know, <laughs> so you gotta be careful with them fellas. So he, uh, he, you know, so we, we get that the movie ends really abruptly too. Uh, lights immediately come up. Like there's like no, the second the, the movie started rolling the credits, these girls and their guy bolted out of the theater just because they're humiliated. They're fucking yeah, humiliated. But it's like, you guys are the assholes here. You yeah. Know? The, that was way more entertaining than the movie. Again, not that the movie's bad, still worth seeing. But I was just like, damn, that was fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> Putting up a dub for the night. That just has <laughs> to be your luck. Every Because every time we've gone in the movies, there we've always had to deal with like some ignorant person oh, in the theater. I, I, get a, I get annoyed by people like chewing too loudly. Yeah. Anything will annoy me in a movie. But like last couple movies I went to, it was like, Nobody being ignorant. Everybody yeah. was chill. Enjoyed the oh, movie. Oh, but you, and I left. that's because you were seeing a movie that everybody was invested in. That's true. You're seeing Marvel, which again, not throwing any shade at Marvel movies, but everybody there is there because they like those movies. Yeah. These people were just killing a, a Tuesday night. You know, they were just trying to find something to fill the time with. You know, oh, and that's the other thing. The one girl didn't have her ID on her. Uh, and she had to like, and she was holding up the line because she was like, I promise I'm seven. Like they were like showing school IDs and trying to get tickets to this thing. And the lady finally caved and bought them tickets or gave them tickets to it. And I was like, man, that never fucking worked for me. Cause I always tried to get into see R rated movies before it would happen. And my technique was like the dumbest one possible is like, you just pick a movie that starts around the same time. I'd be like one for B movie and then <laughs> go in <laughs> and then like go watch whatever R rated movie I wanted to see. No, I remember I saw um, Step Brothers that way. I went in to go see. I said I was like, I'll have one for Dark Knight, and I was like, Psych! I'm gonna go see Step Brothers. And I went <laughs> in and sat down next with my cousin, and uh, the lady who was very suspicious of me when I was buying tickets walks up into the theater and like walks up the stairs and sits right next to me. And my fucking stupid <laughs> idiot brain go, Oh man, I gotta. Like Hitman Agent Forty Seven style, I gotta change disguises. So I just took my glasses off and sat and sat differently. And and she stood right next to me, and I was just like, "All right, just wait for the wait for the visibility meter to go down, man. You're good, you're good, you're good." And then she left and didn't fuck with me the rest of the time. And I uh, I saw Step Brothers, but yeah, that was a that was a miserable theater experience that ended up being pretty great because of that kind fella with the curly hair and. And the no manners. So, well, like, he did have manners because he nah, didn't yeah. fucking talk. Yeah, etiquette. Time. Yeah, etiquette. Yeah, he just got sick of it, dude. One, uh, I did go see another movie that everybody was really cool about because it was one of those Fathom events. It was the Thing's 40th anniversary, mm-hmm. the John Carpenter movie, yeah. and I saw that. And boy, oh boy, does that movie fucking rule! Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. Talked about him. That's also like what I like about. Those throwback events, though, is like there are, there are movies that are made for the big screen, yeah. not really for DVD release. Yeah. So unless you got a fucking home theater with surround sound, you're not going to even get, so. I it, couldn't like, imagine feel seeing, different. I couldn't imagine seeing Top Gun Maverick on my TV. Like yeah, that yeah. would never be anywhere near the experience of seeing like that movie on the big screen with like a crowd. I feel like the similar thing would have happened with Mad God, but it was playing nowhere near. But yeah, I've said everything I need to say about the thing. It's it's a fucking awesome movie. One thing I will say is like every time I watch the thing, there's always like one sequence that I'm like I forget that it was in the movie. Have you ever had that yeah, where it, you like you watch? Yeah, I've had it with like a couple like movies or um like a couple TV shows where yeah. I, I watch them pretty frequently. Where it's just like I don't 
I remember, I this, remember part. this at all. Yeah, it's like that. It's like a Mandela effect thing. I was like, was this always here? Yeah. This time it was the Wilfred Brimley uh, when he's out in the uh, in the, the when they put him in the shed or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and he. It's where you find out that he's the thing, and uh, he's dug a hole down underneath and gotten the parts from the helicopter. And he started to build a flying saucer. And I forgot that they went down in that hole and saw the flying saucer. I conflated that with the other sequence where they go find, like, a couple miles away from the Norwegian outpost mm-hmm. where they find the big saucer where the, it initially crashed. Um, like, the, when, before the credits roll up, or the opening yeah. uh, title. Which, by the way, that movie doesn't need that shot in the beginning. That feels like a studio note. It was like, well, where did this thing come from? We need to have a shot of a, a spaceship crashing. They do the same thing in Predator. Where it's like, if you were to take out that opening little shot of space and a ship crashing, it still totally works. Like, nothing yeah. is nothing is wrong with that fucking movie. Because then eventually, in the thing at least, you find the ship. And in Predator, it's like, it's just fucking, you're, it turns into a slasher movie halfway through and you're just like, fucking on board. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I remembered as I was watching it, which was like, no, not many other people laughed at this, but when... Wilfred Brimley is in this little shed thing and they come back to check on him. Like after they've ha- he's been in there for a while, mm-hmm. he's fashioned a noose and it's hanging next to him in the shot. Like if you go look at the, that, like that frame where he it's framed up to where like he's in the shed and next to him in the open slot of the window, you can see the noose that he's like ready to kill himself with. And he just says, I'm ready to come inside now. It's like I've learned my lesson <laughs> and they don't acknowledge it. They're just like, all right, we'll be back in a little bit. We'll check on you again. <laughs> so it's, Damn. It's fucking, yeah, it's, it, was so, it was like so funny. It, it, you could hear a pin drop the whole time. McCready's doing his tape recorder thing. We're, yeah. We're all very tired. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, still gets a good jump out of me when they're doing the blood test. Mm-hmm. The, that, the, where they're putting the... The shock. The, not the shock, the, uh, the, the heat it up. The heat up the copper wire and they put it in the petri dish filled with blood. And if it's, if you're infected with the thing, then the blood turns into part of it because it's all of it's part of it or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that still got a good, like <gasps> out of everybody in the theater. It was tight seeing it with a, with a crowd. The other theater experience that I didn't get to enjoy, but I still was amazing. And you should definitely watch it being that you are a big fan of um, like old school practical effects is mad God, which is the movie by uh, Phil Tippett. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who did the chess set, among among a million other things, he did the chess set stuff in A New Hope. He does a lot. He did a lot of the stop motion stuff back in the seventies and eighties. Um, th- he was like the dinosaur guy in Jurassic Park that made the animatronic creatures for the, all their shots and stuff. And he's been working on this movie. He had been working on this movie for twenty five years, and it's completely done. It's like it's like a cross between stop motion. There's some shots where they do live action, but it's like integrated into it to where it's just like this beautiful work of art. And again, like I said in the last episode, it's a it's to me it's a perfect movie because there's like not one line of dialogue. There's just like weird monsters grunting, and each little moment in the movie looks like uh, what's the guy's name that did the they call them like the the black paintings. He did the, you know, was it Saturn eating his son? There's that painting of the guy. You're Mr. talking about uh, Rembrandt? No, it wasn't Rembrandt. Can you look that up for me, Dan? Yeah, I got you. Thank you. It's, uh, it, there's a version of it in Mr. Burns' office where it's Mr. Burns and he's eating somebody. Um, 
But I, I think they're called talking- the black paintings. Um, but it, I know, like, I know, like the type of thing that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. I can't think of the artist of it. It's, though. Yeah, so it's uh, every sequence looks like another. Like there's another narrative going on in the background while this person's descending into hell. They're by Francisco Goya. The Goya, the Goya paintings. Yes. Thank you, Dan. Mm -hmm. So it's got that kind of vibe to it where it's like dark and and icky and it makes you feel quite frankly, pretty fucking gross while watching it. Like, and then it like shifts into towards like the middle of the second act. It shifts into like an old like tool or nine inch nails music video style where there's like live action actors mixed with the little puppet thing. And, and it's really just, it's, it's gross. The whole movie looks wet and like, like a death metal core. Yeah. Music video it's or just like- disgusting, but like not in a way where it's like out for shock value. It's like, yeah. it's like a painting. It's got a narrative element to it mm-hmm. in each scene, in the background of each scene. And it's just this guy in like a gas mask and he descends in the very beginning. There's this long, opening sequence of just this little like bathosphere thing on a string, just being lowered into the depths of this hellscape and he gets there and he has to keep going down and down and down. He's on this mission. And so it's got elements of, uh, you know, the divine comedy where he's going into different layers, but it's not overtly like the divine comedy. Um, and there's a story to it, but it's like, again, it's up for interpretation. It's more about the visuals. Um, it's definitely worth watching. It's on, you see it on shutter. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. It's another mm. streaming service that you can add to your list of streaming Fucking services. Repertoire. If you have AMC Plus, you can watch it through that too, I believe. I watched it on Amazon okay. Prime through AMC Plus by way of Shudder. It was like three layers deep, but Good I Lord. found it. Yeah. Just like the Divine Comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had to go you went through the fourth the layer layers. of Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the ice level by that point, but loved every second of it. Felt, like I said, felt really great. Like felt sick to my stomach while watching it and not, it's not like torture or, you know, just out over at gore. It just looks gross. Like it's looks like it smells bad. It, like it just evoked yeah. that feeling, which was in, in a good way. Gross. Effective. Very effectively yeah. disgusting. Um, it's like if, if they, if, if Jabba's palace was like a tool music video, <laughs> just yeah. fucking disgusting. I can, Already, like it has that like sickly green. Yeah, well, green, it's like, like reds, but same. I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, that's like, like that sandy. Texture yeah, it's, to everything's it. got texture. It's wet and sticky and yeah. slimy, mm-hmm. and there's like hair. There's a creature. I won't spoil like every little bit, but there's like what there's a creature that has these massive balls hanging off the back of it, and it there's a sequence that just follows how these little, like little peon creatures are made. They're like creatures made out of hair. So these things are sitting, these giants are sitting in these chairs and they're being like shocked and they shit this fluid stuff into a trough and it goes into a mold and it stamps down and these creatures come out that are like humanoid looking, but they're made out of like hair and gore and, in, in like sticky nastiness mm-hmm. and they have these jobs that are just to b- basically like keep the wheels of hell turning. Like they just like keep stuff moving along and sometimes they get stomped by a monster or chopped up or whatever. And they can clearly feel pain and stuff. And one of them has like a little rag and there's this weird, like two legged monster kind of looks like the thing Mandalorian rides <laughs> and it's, but he's got these giant balls on the back of it. And he comes up to it to try to like wipe its ass and it just shits all over him and its own balls. Ugh. And that's like the only kind of like poop gross out moment in the movie, but that's like the tone of the, 
you know, and if it, it just reminded me of, have you ever seen that picture of the pig that shit on its own balls? I'll look that up. Yeah, right look now. that up for Drew. It's just there's a there's a, like an FFA thing, and there's a pig that's just got these humongous balls, and there's just a, a ever so gently laid, uh, just just a big old Lincoln log sitting right on like right, right between <laughs> them. It's one of the funniest pictures ever. <laughs> yep, that's uh, it. Show Drew. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> they said one. The person who took that said one second after they took that picture, the the poop rolled off. So that's like that was like perfect a, that was the perfect God, Kodak yeah. moment. It's it beautiful, yeah. So, um, Mad God, not an environment I would ever want to step foot in and visit, but something I like every single time I watch that, I will see something new. It's one of those that when you re- there's so much. It's that uh, what's his name, the producer of the prequels, Rick. Uh, was it Rick McKellum? Something like that. Uh, he, they always make fun of him for saying this, but he goes. Every frame is so dense. There's so much going on on the screen. <laughs> but in this, it works because everything's put there by hand. Everything's handcrafted and sculpted or molded. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's, it's like, you know, fucking painstaking and difficult stop motion is. And on top of that, the camera's moving. And, like, yeah, so there's motion control. The fact that it took 25 years yeah. for that guy to do that, like, And he I almost lost it. his mind doing it. Like he truly almost lost his fucking mind doing it. He said he had to be, he, after he finished it, he had to be put into like the mental hospital because he was just like done. Damn. I just read an interview where he was talking about this. By the way, if I ever say, I read, I read this news article, I read this article somewhere, I forget where it was. What I'm saying is I heard someone say something and I'm now repeating it. Um, but I think that's what all of us yeah. just make yourself sound well read. I don't it's all read right. anything. Yeah, um, but conversely, after watching The Thing, I think I would really like to enjoy uh, moving to Antarctica with all of you fellas at, at a research facility and just, you know, checking out, like, studying penguins and uh, just, you know, just fucking around with flares, you know, just cutting up, having a good time, Same playing old. chess with the computer, you know. That'd old. be a fun time. Catching each other, beating off. Awesome. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Old Samantha's uh, like go to just I'm I'm quit I I quit civilization is packing up and moving to the middle of Alaska. That'd be tight. Yeah, just do a Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> Speaking of get caught beaten off, um, <laughs> I'm curious how you came up with this segue. Well, I was just thinking about it after I said that because like if you live together in a research station in Antarctica, you're gonna catch each other masturbating. At 100%. Least, at like, least and, and if you catch me doing it, I said, I'm sorry, but this is not I'm, the last time this will happen. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go in there and ex- expect. Walk into a room ready to catch one in the in yeah. the eye. Yeah. I'm just going to, if I expect it, I won't be surprised. Yeah. Just at a certain a f- point, it'll just be like, I'll just, I'll slow down a little bit and then answer your question and then speed back up as the door is closing <laughs> as you're on your way out. You know, just make a fucking chart. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that you have the respect to slow down to make just, sure that you're not going to like rush it. No, well, yeah, I just, I'll, uh, it actually might help, honestly. <laughs> to edge, to edge. It might help the edging uh, situation. Yeah. I got caught, okay, so this is really funny. When I was, uh, God, we must have been in like eighth or ninth grade. I don't know, whatever, this is a Patreon episode, so I don't fucking care. I'll tell the story. Find these missing jokes on the extended version of this episode along with weekly bonus episodes on patreon.com slash altreemedia. Do it. 
you are you boys in there getting gay? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, we're not. I promise. I was like, we're, <laughs> we're just we're hanging taking out. Precautions. We're just hanging out. It's really hot. You should turn on the air. Dad. <laughs> that That's payback for me for telling the story about Lucas beating off into the sink at uh, when we were house sitting. I still love that story. And I story. walked into the bathroom and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, you don't get to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one trying to crank one off in our shared sink where we're going to brush our teeth in the morning. So <laughs> chill. You got a room for that. Why is this toothpaste warm? Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh that's yeah. the wrong situation. Hey, of you, I used your toothbrush. Can you <laughs> can you rinse the toothpaste spit down this? It's dried, man. There's like the one of those after dinner mint globs on the on the fucking sink. Um, it reminded me of uh, I, I couldn't find it again, and I, it, googling it was pretty sketchy. But there was a post on Twitter I saw. It, it was just like you know people owning these weird uh, ultra conservative. Uh, like manly man groups that were like, fellas, if you want to be extra virile for your ladies, get together with your boys and undertake nude, non-sexual male bonding. And it's a picture, blurred out genitals, but a picture of like 17 guys hanging out completely naked. That sounds gay. It's, I mean, it's, I mean incredibly. And it's just like, which I mean, it's like, it would be less gay to just be gay, but it's like, they probably also hate gay people, but they think this is like, the, the fucking Spartans did this. This is energy in the room together. Don't get hard. Don't get hard. We said not to get hard. We agreed. If you're going to get hard, go to the no eye contact corner. All right. Anyway, like I was saying, this is a very important thing for, I come back home to my wife and I am very horny for her. And it's not because I pretend that she's one of these fellas (laughs) and I have their mental image in my head. No, it's not weird that I haven't had face to face sex with my wife in six years. That's not weird at all. It's not weird that it's always doggy and, and I make her wear a, a denim jacket and no bottoms. That's not weird. Okay. It's the denim M&M's racing jacket. It's <laughs> definitely not weird. So no, it's, it's completely normal to ask my wife to peg me every night. Uh, Peggy's less gay than that though. That's what I'm saying. It's like the Spartans were so like all the bunch of can, like those really like hardcore right wing guys are like really into the Spartans. And it's like, dude, they fucked boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they fucked each other. And so boys. They yeah, love each other more. Yeah. Like they they had more romance, like they were more romantic with each other, like the night before battle than they ever were. Where the like women were strictly for like making more Spartans to fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking earlier, very much switching gears here. I don't want him to hear this and think that I was talking about thinking about him when I was talking about gay shit. Uh, Donovan and I went to get Mexican food the other day. <laughs> total total gear shift, I know, but uh, okay. So. I can eat Mexican food probably every single day. Like I'm not talking Mexican food's great. I'm not yeah. talking T Bell. I'm not talking like uh, a place where the waitress says we have cheese dip. Like I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like quesadillas. You know, yeah. the kind of that kind of shit. Um, so you can always usually tell that there's going to be good Mexican food at a place if it's run by the hombres. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. so. We go to this place and we're like, all right, go off to a good start. There's a couple hombres in there. They let us in. Donovan's having a hard time explaining what he wants to order. I'm like, I got this. Don't worry. I'm like, he wants some flautas. <laughs> no, but dude, how patronizing is that? I don't, I don't do that shit. I was just like, uh, I was like, no, he wants, uh, he wants a couple carnitas because like what he explained was basically that. Yeah, I got a carne asada. 
We took it back to the office, and I call him up, and or he calls me or something. We're like, dude, what the fuck? It's, it tastes weird. It, it's one of those things where it tasted like uh, flat top. You know what I mean? Like the meat doesn't taste like meat. It tastes like the flat top grill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. just tastes bad. And usually, like I said, usually the hombres hold it down. So we were very disappointed by that. It was uh, it was not good. Extra greasy, too. Um, the chips sucked. This also was, like, too watery. It was oh, just, yeah. it was not good, man. Not I, good all around. I didn't try the queso, but I assume it was pretty bad. I haven't been able to find a good Mexican place in a long time. And I think you just got to go further south. The last time I had good, like... It's, it wasn't even Mexican food. It was Cuban food. It was in Tampa. It went for Caitlin's graduation. Yeah. There was a dynamite place down there that we got. Oh, yeah. That was like, a place that I took. I showed you guys a picture. I sent it to you guys where there was a bullet hole oh, yeah. in the window. Oh, yeah. That was that, But there was still fucking dope food. Like and there Florida? was a quinceanera store above it <laughs> in the strip mall that it was in. Florida, you're going to get good Cuban food. When yeah. We went out to uh, Arizona and Colorado. The Native American food and... Now, what Mexican is Native food? American food? Is that like uh, the contents of the inside of a bison's <laughs> stomach? Is that what that is? Am I, I mean, being racist? Am I doing a racisms? You're probably doing a racisms. Um, Damn it. <laughs> fucked there, up. There was one that it, it was called like an Indian taco or something like that. Right. And like it was basically like a regular taco, but with like it was sort of like a taco bowl of like sweet bread. Huh. Yeah, they like their good. breads. They made a lot yeah. of that, didn't they? Yeah. They had Indians, Native Americans had agriculture, but it wasn't like farms, right? They just like they would grow shit wherever it would grow the best. Yeah, they did put fish with their corn. Yeah, I, I learned that in elementary school. Remember that they're oh, like yeah. they hooked up the pilgrims. I always like to think that was a prank. There was one Indian who's like, hey, "Watch this." He's like, "Hey, uh, check this out, man! You should plant fish with your with your corn. It'll taste really good." And everybody's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Fucking idiot! He believed us." I am runs with the rain, and this is tricking a pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, white man. I would like to teach you our ways. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Thunderclaps, <laughs> and this is Sack Tap the Chief. <laughs> Uh, Thunderclaps is bam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess you're right, Drew. I got to start going to the, the Cuban places more because, you know, like I said, the hombres used to kill it on the flat top. But now, just lately, places have been slipping. Yeah. Like, the places I went out in Arizona, went to uh, two Mexican restaurants. The waitresses and hostesses did not understand they, us whatsoever. Oh, I was going to say, either so, that or they're white, it's a driven snow. And they're uh, like, quesadilla. You know, we... Walked into a place like that and we yeah. walked out because we was like, oh, "This is not gonna be good." Like, like everyone there, like Spanish was definitely like, not even Spanish. Mexican was their first language. <laughs> is that racist? No, there's a difference. No, like no, it's like Mexican Spanish Mexican and not, Spanish, like, yeah. and like traditional Spanish. Like, er, like everyone there definitely Mexican Spanish was their first language, and the food was f- fucking phenomenal. That's awesome. See, I want to, I want to go there. Florida is not known for any food that's. Tr- Particularly Publix. better than no. Sub- <laughs> Fuck off with that shit. The Publix <laughs> deli. The Publix deli can suck my fucking Look, balls. I I looked up Florida delicacies and it was I know key lime pie yeah. and then like pub subs, which both suck. Honestly, key yeah, lime pie like, is okay. Love key lime. Pie. I'm off of it lately. I've just I got to do it. Publix deli can suck my dick, dude. The past like three times I've ordered, it's just been a, it's been a horror show. 
You go there at like seven o'clock and all their chicken's gone. They're like, we're not making any more. You know, yeah, it sucks balls. It's always every single time you go and you, you want to be mad at somebody. So you look at like the little pictures of who the managers are for that department. And it's always two women who look like minions. <laughs> you know, it's every fucking deli. There's one near here, though, that are that is actually not bad. Um, and it's like a weird store, too. I think it's like a test store because it's laid out like no other publics I've ever been into. To the point where every time I leave the register, I always walk the wrong way. And there's no exit towards where I'm walking. And I'm like, uh, I meant to, ju- I was just checking out the, uh, the water filters over here. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm going to go home and eat these Tate's cookies in the car before I get home and throw it in the outside trash can. So nobody knows I had Tate's cookies. So <laughs> they have them at their counter now. There's like a dollar, a little mini cookies, like the size of Nilla wafers with little Tate's chocolate chips. Nice. Fucking dope, dude. I got no. I, I noticed that last time I yeah. was there. You should get some. I like. I'm on cookies more than candy lately. I tried. Did you try? Have you guys tried those uh, new all peanut butter Reese's? No, not yet. Terrible. Not really, I fucking Terrible. love Reese's too. Do you know what blew my fucking mind when I found it out? Is that uh, Reese's pieces are all peanut butter? Yeah. yeah. There's no chocolate in that shit. Nope. Re- wait, not even a thick candy shell. Not even the shell. No, the shell's uh, kind of like a peanut butter huh. concentrate. I'm surprised yeah, I didn't know that. It's like a yeah, it's like a candy. That's fucking it's awesome. Like candy, not. That's chocolate. why they're so good. I still like peanut butter M and M's though. Yeah, uh, I like well, if I I'm feeling like a, if I'm feeling slutty and yeah. I want and I want peanut butter and chocolate, but I don't want to have the just two cups. I want to have a whole bag. I am gonna sound like a fat ass when I say this, but I tried brownie batter M and M's, and that shit rocked. Really, it's pretty good. I liked the Crunch M&M's. Those were my favorite. They stopped making them because people got mad because the orange M&M, they said it was like making fun of people with uh, like anxiety or something like that. Oh, whatever. Get over it. I know. I was are like, those are, my, those are my favorites. I loved those. I don't know. He was like, yeah, he's always like, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous all the time. I always get stoked when I walk by the candy aisle at my job and I just see like the whole box of Twix that you see in the gas station. Oh my God. And I'm just like, I would fucking obliterate that box right now. Yeah. I Twix. Love, I love Twix. Twix is pretty awesome. It's got that 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 cookie crunch, soft caramel on the top. I find the perfect amount of Twix though are the minis. Um, the, A lot the, of mini stuff like does have that perfect ratio. Re, the the best Reese's cup is the mini cup. Yeah, that's yeah. the best Reese's cup hands down. Now, I worked with a woman at Publix back in the day that taught me how to like pick out a good package of Reese's. You got to kind of like, you don't squish them, but you kind of just like squeeze them a little bit. And if there's, if they got a little give to them, if they're spongy, that they're fresh, fresher, they're good. If they just kind of like go straight down and they don't move back, that means they're old and they got that like chalky peanut butter inside of it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the, the old peanut butter Reese's are fucking awful, dude. It's too much. The, the magic of a Reese's cup is that it's peanut butter and chocolate together. Yeah. Yeah. That's the magic. That's, that's the holy combination, you know? And then just to have more peanut butter on top of that is just like, I'm sorry, who are we doing this for? Is this for Reddit? Is this just, is this Probably. for, is I'm this pretty for sure it was epic like, doggo Reddit gold? It's for those people that are going to buy so much of this candy, never eat it, resell it on eBay in 50 years for a YouTube video to then go, oh, we bought this candy from 50 years ago. We're going to try it and see if it's, if oh, they should it's bring yeah, it one back. of those fucking videos. I hope all those people die of slow stomach cancer, dude. <laughs> that, that's those videos suck. There's one guy, though, that's kind of interesting. He gets old, um, like, military MREs. He's like, here's 
here's a Salisbury steak from World War II that was recovered out of a plane that they found in a lake. <laughs> I'm going to try it out. And he'll open it and he'll be like, well, here's the coffee. And it just looks like like that congealed, uh, have you ever seen Snowpiercer? And they're eating those like protein blocks that are made out of cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looks like. It's, like. it's like, huh, that's not great. Oh, here's a pack of M&M's. Oh, won't melt in your hands. Yeah. They come with cigarettes and condoms. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> That was back when we were like, we really respected the troops. We we're like, yeah. here's a smoke. Play it safe when you're out there getting pussy. All right. We don't want you getting drip dick when you're out on the front line. Having the eye of your cock stick to the inside of your pants and making you feel uncomfortable while you're trying to shoot krauts. Yep. You know, you go get, you go get some, uh, go get some French top. I don't want you to come back with it, with your penis falling off. Save that dick for us. Yeah. It's so funny that so many guys experienced getting head for the first time in World War II because they because of <laughs> France. Rolled. Yeah, France. The French women were just like like watch this. And they're like, well, they're, I just imagine they looked like Jerry Lewis, like what the hell? Like the nutty professor. <laughs> like, like, every one of them busted in like a second. Like boy, boy, gee Willikers. <laughs> I'll be. This is so funny about that movie Fury with uh, with Brad Pitt. <laughs> There's a scene where they they take over. I think it's just some French. Uh, they like liberate some French town that was uh, invaded by the Nazis, and they kill all the Nazis there. And they have like a they have like a break. So Brad Pitt takes as like a rite of passage takes the 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 young buck that just gets involved in their team, and like wordlessly walks into an apartment of a bombed out building where there's a woman and her like. 18 year old, I hope daughter. And he just like sits down as if he's her husband and just came home and she's like, starts making them eggs. And, uh, and, and he says, he goes like, you better go back there and fuck her or else I will. <laughs> and the kid goes to the back and smashes with his French chick and he comes out in like three and a half minutes and then they just eat eggs and Shia LaBeouf, uh, spits on Brad Pitt's, uh, Pitt's eggs. No, he spits on the kid's eggs, I think. But, uh, that movie's kind of cool, but yeah, getting, Getting French pussy must have been weird. You feel guilty about it for 12 seconds, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what are you doing? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Must have been tight, dude. Man, we used to be a country. Doesn't that look like the place from Total Recall where Arnold uh, runs up the escalator on Mars? Yeah, kind of does. And kicks that guy down the stairs? Maybe it is. I think that's probably where they shot that. By the way, have you ever seen Total Recall with the commentary track? No. no. And it's Arnold and Paul Verhoeven and Arnold's like uh like he's like he's just explaining what's it's it's everybody knows that he just explains when he does a commentary it's beautiful because he just explains what's happening on screen. He's like here's one little scene where I run up the escalator and I turn around and uh oh he's got the gun but ouch I kick him in the chest. <laughs> And then, he, and, awesome. then, and then he does that, and the guy falls and goes, oh, that hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. They're just like, uh, Arnold, we need you to do commentary. I don't know how to do commentary. Here's, just explain what's going on, man. Here's a part where I come home to see Sharon Stone, my beautiful wife, but I did not know that she's going to kill me yet. So I tried to have sex with her. She's a beautiful woman. And then there's like, uh, he did the, the, the <laughs> Conan the Barbarian commentary, and they're just like, alluding to the fact that they sexually assaulted an actress on the set. <laughs> like him and, uh, John Millions. I don't think they really did, but they're like, basically they're just talking about her tits. <laughs> just like, they're like, wow, what the pair she had. We should get her back and do another one. <laughs> like, and then uh, the, the other great one is Terminator 3, where he's explaining the creative process. 
which uh, basically just was, um, uh, we have so many movies now where I arrive in the past and I'm naked and I'm this big muscular hunk and I come out of a, an orb and I, you know, I'm naked and I have to find clothing. I said, what if instead of me, it was a sexy woman and we have this beautiful naked, sexy woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's the same one in the third one. The, it's just a hot lady. That's the Terminator. It's like, and she, in here, I love this part. She sees the billboard with the woman have, has a larger chest and she doesn't ooh, look up oh, bigger boobs. <laughs> it's here. She like, grows her tits. It's fucking beautiful, dude. <laughs> I love Arnold commentaries. I want to see one for Predator. He's like, that would be sick. That'd be entertaining. I had the push-up contest with Carl Weathers this day. I beat him. He was good sport though. Jesse Ventura was kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we were all kind of clowning on him on the set. <laughs> he took things very seriously. I think he thought we were shooting a documentary. Ooh, ow. <laughs> he smushes the Predator's face. That hurt. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme was going to play the Predator until he remembered he was a French pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear about that guy who uh, who murdered his wife and then he was burying her body and had a heart attack while he was bur- and died while he was burying her corpse? No. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> Such a funny way to die. Like, he spends, like, the last 20 years of his life enduring whatever pissed him off enough to murder her. And just to one day, it finally built up to the point where he couldn't take it. He makes his plan. You know, he, he gets the spot picked out, ices her, puts her in the car. He's like breathing real hard, but he's like, it's all right. He pops a couple heart pills, drives her out, you know, starts digging the hole. All of a sudden, he's like, ah, fuck. It's like, I, was, I had so much planned. It's like a really funny Twilight Zone. Yeah, <laughs> just sick irony is all it is. Imagine if you will, a dude who's had enough, <laughs> but also has a heart problem from dealing with his bitch wife for too many years. He's had enough with both. Imagine that's how you found out you had a heart problem, like all your life. I like to believe fine. that he knew. He was like he would have episodes where he just he give me my heart pills. That one of those moments, you know, is. His daughter, a couple times, would have a sit down with him where she was, I'm really worried about you, dad. He's like, Oh, it's fine. Your mother just stresses me out, you know? And then you know, she just bitches at him one day too many. And then he fucking snaps and <laughs> ices her. Uh, I like to think that if, uh, if this were written for the big screen at all, yeah. that uh, at no point it alludes to him planning it out. He just, it's a spur of the moment <laughs> it's thing. It's a completely. spur of the moment. He's like, Fuck. Like, little aside in a Coen Brothers movie. That's what it comes off like, you know? It just, it was, I was just, it tickled me pink, dude. It tickled my, it tickled my little pink penis when I read that. <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> Shit. Just imagining him thinking, he's like, this is it. I'm going to go to the Keys. I'm going to get some mid-level sex worker pussy. I'm going to go, oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> A man who's had enough who thinks his whole life is ahead of him. He doesn't realize he's just dug his way into the Twilight Zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Goddamn, dude. I wish the Twilight Zone was still good and on. Did you see the reboot? I was about to say, didn't they make a reboot? A couple episodes of the reboot. Really? Awful. That sucks. Terrible. Like, is there anything else coming out that's going to be tight? You said you saw Thor and it was was pretty all right. Yeah, it was fine. I mean... 
go in with the expectation of it's a Thor movie directed by Taika Waititi and just don't hold it to a high standard. Did you get my text? You saw my text, right? Yeah, I, saw it. I saw your text last night and I thought about it where I think we were wrong all along of like Taika is going to be this person to change how cinema, cinema works. No, I never said, you like, remember on this very podcast a, a few episodes back, I said, when's the other shoe going to drop for this guy? Remember when I said, what's yeah. his blowout? Yeah. Remember when I said that? I was like, what's the, what's the moment that people turn on him? And I think Haven thought I meant like, when does he get me too? And I was like, no, like when does he make a, a stinker? You know what I mean? Like when does he stop? Which I think that he still didn't make a stinker. Did you I see think, it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you guys can tell me anything about it because I'm I'm fine. I I I always wait for Disney Plus for these things, so it's fine. I'll forget it by the time I yeah, see like, it. It like recency bias says that I I still think that it was really good. Yeah. Was it the best thing ever? Was it better than when Ragnarok came out? And that was the expect like very low expectation of a Thor movie was evident or anything relating to Thor. No. Yeah, it was like like it, Thor up to that point was like bad Shakespeare. Exactly. Yeah. So like when Ragnarok came out, that was like the whole fucking the breath of fresh air. The breath of fresh air. Now that we've already had that, and Love and Thunder tried to recapture that. Yeah. So like in that aspect, it did not work. It seems because it's like you you already had that style with it come out, and you're just trying to redo it. Yeah. You had ice cream for dinner and dessert. Yeah. Uh, it's From the vibe of the interviews that I've seen him give, it seems like a guy going through the motions. He's like, I know what people liked about the last one. I did put my heart and soul into it and really enjoyed and had fun making it. This one was a chore. Because yeah. I feel like when, peop- when creative people have to make the same thing twice, and they always have to do that with these studios, unless you have the J.J. Abrams gene where you're just like a goody good boy who turns his homework in on time. Yeah you're going to really get like annoyed by it. And like, there's that interview of him with Rolling Stone where he's just like playing with an action figure the whole time and seems very like checked out. And like, I'll put my money down on this right now. There will never be a Taika Star Wars movie. It will be in a, it will be in a Ryan Johnson holding pattern for the rest of forever. Yeah. Like it'll be in purgatory. I don't think, cause a, I don't think anybody knows what they're fucking doing at Lucasfilm other than like maybe one guy over there two guys over there have an idea and they're both kind of working in opposite directions, but trying very hard to work together, but it's not really yeah. gelling. The other thing is as long as there are videos on YouTube with thumbnails of grown men in a state of arrested development who've traded their cocks in for Funko pops with a soy face <laughs> reacting to a video of a CGI character that looks like a fucking mannequin, they will be holding star Wars hostage for the rest yeah. of forever. Yeah. And th- that's one thing that Marvel doesn't really have, but they're skirting dangerously close to it. No, they... they. <clears throat> Did you see the interview with Feige where he's talking about... Or no, with Raimi, when he said, I didn't pick John Krasinski. I didn't even really think the fucking Illuminati needed to be in that movie. Yeah. He's like, and- I didn't even really direct that. That was just something that they put in to please the fans. Yeah, and like that, that was the point that I was trying to get at is like, Marvel's been doing that for years. Yeah. It's just now after Endgame, now they're just trying to get experimental. Like they can do, they're, they're giving the directors a little bit more freedom than there was before. Tiny bit. Tiny bit. With like with, with, like, like with Doctor Strange 2, you can see exactly where 
Raimi directed. And it's very few and far between. It, it's, it is. It's like four little camera. Whenever the camera move does the Raimi cam, like yeah. the, the the Evil Dead vision, the zombie Doctor Strange. The Bruce Campbell cameo. Of course. Yeah, that was great. That's how you know whether a person's a wet blanket or not is if they didn't like the Bruce Campbell se- uh, scene. I love that. It's be- it, was, it was great. And it was perfect. And it Raimi. was the end credit scene. And that too. Well, both. But there was the him. It's be- over. Beating himself up. Yeah, exactly. People, there were literally people on Twitter that were like, I didn't like this. I think it needs to be serious. It's like, it's the same people that are like, you need to treat porgs with the reverence that they deserve. <laughs> like, what my opinion is on Marvel now is now that Endgame's done, they've peaked. They don't have anything to do. They don't have anything yeah. to do. So give the directors full freedom. Just say it's like we need They'll this. They'll never do that. It's like we just need this, this, and this to move the whole yeah. whatever new fucking phase they're, forward. They're brand managing. I do mean, whatever else you want. It's just, it's at this point, it's brand management. And honestly, the fans, it's, it's for the fans. The fans are there. It's just yeah. like people who buy pickled eggs. I'm one of those people. Not everybody likes pickled eggs, but the people that do don't want you to change the color of the dye. We like our red, pink-ass pickled eggs with salt and pepper. Some of us like it with Tabasco, but that's for us to do on, you know, after the fact. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like there's a market for it. It serves that market. I guess pickled eggs is a bad example. You should say like, you know, I, I hate to always use the example of McDonald's though because it's like, it's a hack thing to say. Obviously, these are like products, but to always compare them to fast food is like a little bit too dismissive, you know? Because yeah. there is something to be said. Like you were saying, th- there are cracks in the facade where you can see Raimi trying to chisel his way out. Yeah, and there, you can see that like even with all of like the other people that are working on it, that... Yeah. Like even the like visual effects people like even though it's a huge fucking like just visual effects vomit yeah like you can see where it's like someone had put more attention into it than others yeah for a it's a shame specific though element or whatever it's a shame that they're still relying so much on visual effects because and especially like stuff on the volume you know the the Mandalorian curved LED screen thing yeah there's a kind of like constrained feeling to it. And the stuff in the background always just looks big and empty. It's, it works f- for stuff like Tatooine because that's why they've done it a million times. Yeah. Every planet that they go to. At the time I've seen it used to awesome effect is that episode of Boba Fett where Mando's on the Halo world yeah, and the ring world thing yeah. and he's in the city and he's like walking you know, down an alley and stuff. It, it was really like... like um, congested and there's that one like one shot where he goes up the elevator and into the thing and back and then you can kind of tell how they would have had to like figure that out and it seemed to be some filmmaking going on there but when they just set up like there's that article that came out where Natalie Portman's like we were in a Best Buy parking lot filming a scene and then I saw it in the movie and it's like spectacular but I've seen stills and obviously stills don't paint the whole picture if you see it in motion stuff always looks better when it's nothing but CG it always looks worse when it's in a still frame but you take something that's shot on um, with a practical set, you can take a still frame, you can take it in motion, it looks fucking awesome. And the reason they don't do stuff with practical sets anymore is because uh, set builders have a union and visual effects artists do not have a union. 
Yep. So they get everything cheaper doing it visual effects wise. And I knew that. they don't have, yeah, exactly. So, um, then I didn't either until I started reading more up into this and like, why does everything look like, I mean, I've always figured it was cheaper to just throw it to CG people cause you could underpay them or like farm it out to a, a warehouse that'll do it for cheap. But I never really understood like the depth to which, you know, cause I'm like, I didn't realize like the, like the unionization. I didn't realize that part. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had the same thought process where it was like, it's obviously going to be cheaper to hire, say, one guy that can do this do it on his computer. Whole splash yeah. grin on a computer than hiring 15 people that need manual labor and you have to And also, like, like, getting permits and shit to shoot on location, like, how much yeah. that yeah. would cost. It's easier to just get Best Buy's parking lot for a day. Yeah. Whereas scouting a location, fine. And what's crazy is they still scout locations and they shoot stuff, like... um not, I don't think one actor from The Force Awakens set foot in Iceland on that entire shoot, but they got plate shots in Iceland. Mm-hmm. They had footage they shot in Iceland that they used for like backdrops and stuff. Um, and it's amazing the stuff. Uh, one of Caitlin's friends just came up this last weekend, and her girlfriend was with her, and she is an extra for places in Atlanta. And obviously they shoot a lot of the Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. So she was telling me about she uh, she showed me she was in Endgame, um, and she showed me, and I went back and watched it. And I was like, "Holy shit, there's there's Megan!" Um, she's in the scene where they go back to the seventies, and Tony and Cap are walking through the building and trying to keep a low profile. Mm-hmm. There's a woman that goes by again, nothing special, nothing, nothing fancy. She's just strictly an extra, um, but it's still fucking cool. You know what yeah. I mean? She gets to be on set. She gets to see what's going on. She has to sign an NDA. Her phone gets locked up and all that shit. And she was telling me about working on She-Hulk. <clears throat> and I was like, I have a lot of questions. I was like, obviously you probably can't say much and you probably don't know a lot of like the plot and stuff. She's like, yeah, honestly, like she's like, I played a lawyer, like an extra lawyer in the yeah. background. But my question was, was she transformed She-Hulk at this point? And what did she look like on set? Did she have dots on on her face? Did she have any kind of paint because you look at that trailer and it looks fucking horrendous. It looks like Sonic. It looks horrendous. Yeah. 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 It looks like Sonic, like the way he looked before they fixed him. You know what I mean? It's just like, it looks all wrong. And I wanted to ask her like, did she have a rig on her head? Did they do one take like that? But she was like, everything that she was a part of was pre gamma radiation, I guess, or whatever. So like, and she, again, she didn't say that exactly. I interpreted that from her saying she's just, it was, uh, she, she played a, a, an extra lawyer in the background. I was like, okay, I know that she hulks a lawyer. She hulks friend comes up to her and goes, you know, you got to find you a man or something like that. It's like, you know, like you got, who's going to protect you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something for the trailer cut to her carrying that guy into her bedroom, which I'm fine with. People had a problem with that. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. It was very funny. Was a funny lot of guys shit. like that. And then, uh, want to be stepped on, you know? I think that's what, like, exactly what it was playing into yeah, was exactly. like the friggin' Resident Evil, yeah, the shit the, that came the out. mommy milky, yeah, the uh, lady Demetresque, lady Demetresque. Thank you. Welcome. I can't pronounce words. Demetresque, it's French. Um, yeah, you're, you're gonna get to play that big bitch in uh, the VR uh, one. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not in VR. Oh, it's um, whatever that like a it's like a horde wave mode is. Yeah, I think it's like DLC or something for Village. Yeah. I didn't play Village because I am a freaky cat. I can handle any horror movie 
Honestly, I do not like scary games. If you're going to get into any scary game, do Resident Evil first because Resident <laughs> Evil 7 is fucking scary. Well, I can play the third person ones just fine. Six is not even a horror game. It's just yeah. an, it's a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> it really it's, is. It, and people hated it. And I beat it co-op with, uh, with a friend of mine. And we were just like, this is ridiculous. And it was pretty, I don't know. Looking back, it was pretty bad, but, um, but yeah, four is great. It's like, like campy. It's not too scary or whatever. Two is a little more edgy your seat. Suspenseful wins the uh, fucking weeb in the fedora gonna pop out and get me. Um, one, one is fucking terrifying. Yeah, because the fixed camera. Yeah, and then it would just like change scenes when a door yeah, would open. And and you're like, your, your is there a zombie gonna come all up? backwards? Yeah, and and you can't fucking shake. Yeah, that was that's some good shit. That's how we Silent all learned. Hill we... Two did the same thing, I think. Right, Where the camera's uh, fixed. Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think maybe it was just one, but two I think might have had a freak. Anyway, Silent Hill Two is also a really tight game. Um, I get scared from like Death Stranding. That game scares me a little bit. When you have to go I, through... Yeah, well, I remember watching you play and you're like, shit, 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 shit. Because you got to avoid... Any game that makes you feel completely powerless, I am I get freaked out by because it's like, I don't want... Definitely powerless because like I own Outlast. I've yet to play it. Oh my God, yeah. Fuck that. I would never... I, I'd like, I couldn't play Outlast. Hard I can't nice. play those first-person horror games where shit jumps out at you and stuff and you're supposed to scream like PewDiePie and all that. I can't do that shit. Definitely um, like, like an eight... I was, I, there, there's a whole thing of like the infinite ammo that you can buy with like extra whatever that you get from the upgrade shop or whatever. Yeah. Buy with so like bucks. Definitely the, the second go around with an infinite ammo grenade launcher. I felt a lot safer go, like playing through that game. Yeah. You, you, it's your little security blanket. <laughs> yeah. That's like, how, um, the, the zombie game, what's it called? Uh, it's like a zombie parkour game. Oh, um, Dead Rising or something like that? Dying Light? Dying Light, Dying thank Light. you. They, I did not care for that game because I don't like, like, I would play that game and jump up away from a zombie and, like, my feet would come off the floor and, like, scrunch up into my bed. Like, I feel like, oh, they're going to get me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and when they release a DLC where you're just, like, out in, like, the middle of a field with a dune buggy, I was like, hell yes, this is fucking tight now. Because <laughs> you can get in the dune buggy and just tear ass and get away from them, you know? You have to do a lot of that in uh, Dead Island. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that game. That game was fun. Yeah, yeah that, that was fun. That had that had a cheat code button where you could just keep kicking stuff forever. You, you didn't have a stamina meter for your kick, and it was more powerful than any weapon in the entire game. <laughs> you, just, you could kick zombies to death. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'll play a sci-fi horror game, though. Like Dead Space? Yeah. I was just going to say, there's a new one coming out that's basically just Dead Space again. Mm. They did a smart thing where EA is like announced, like, we're going to remake Dead Space 1. And another company was like, all right, quick, quick, guys, go, 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 go. You are. Yeah, and they made a game that's fucking, like, functionally identical to Dead Space 1. And it looks really fucking cool. I liked the original Dead Space. Did not like 2. 3 I never played because it looked like it did the Resident Evil 6 thing where it just abandons all the horror aspect and goes in yeah I can handle stuff like Alien Isolation I could feel like I could probably play too I would also get the mod for it where it takes the alien out of it and you can just check out how cool all like the panels look because yeah. it looks like you're in the movie you know that would be get, fucking you cool you get the VR version yeah that's freaking me out a little bit I don't like VR like regular non-horror games will freak me out in VR because like I'll play the Star Wars adventures on Batu or whatever the fuck it's called yeah, whatever. and jump. If somebody sneaks up on me with a blaster <laughs> rifle or whatever, like it's not supposed to scare me like that, you know, but, um, VR games can also be really 
really shitty to the point where it's like it doesn't scare you at all. I, I played the Darth Vader VR game, mm-hmm. and that was just laughably bad. <laughs> VR can do it falls apart if they don't get the sense of scale right. Mm-hmm. That's something that Half Life Alex does really well. Like you, you're in that opening scene on the balcony. And you feel like you're in a city. Like you look out and everything scales to the right, like size. It feels like that building way off feels huge and massive. And then in the Vader Immortal game, like your your ship's going into his castle and you look up and it's just like a a Burger King crown cut out (laughs) is what it looks like. It's just a fake, yeah, it's like a a 2D. Like a mask or whatever. Yeah, exactly. What is it called? It's a, not a shader, what's a 2D. Um, like a sprite, you know, or whatever it's called. Anyway, yeah, it, it just, it, it looked so bad. The one thing they did well in that game, though, is like the sense of scale on Vader. The first time you see him, he just walks right up to you and gets in your face, and you turn into a little six-year-old for a second, and you're like, what's the sky Yeah, you turn into that kid, and you're just do? like, Huh, okay. <laughs> like, Never expect not, him to be this big. He's pretty, yeah, and he just like gets in your face and points at you. And you're like, damn, dude, Princess Leia was brave. <laughs> like, it's just talking shit to him. And, and, but then five seconds later, you're like, what do these buttons do on your chest? You know, like, <laughs> like, you're fucking trolling the game for no one, for an audience of zero people. That's what I was, I was getting a laugh the other day. Is, uh, I was making, <laughs> I like to make fun of, well, we've talked about this before, uh, the, the Lego YouTubers. How fucking <laughs> how how much they don't get pussy, and um, I was watching those videos and laughing at them with Caitlin, and she was showing me some video that she's like, these these are people that this is something I watch that is kind of embarrassing, and I'm like, that's not embarrassing at all. I was like, I will literally be just hanging out and be like, huh. I wonder if there's a video on YouTube of what the buttons on Darth Vader's chest do. Let me figure that out. <laughs> like, like, there definitely is. Yeah, there, there is, is 100%. Yeah. There's, it's like, I wonder what, what do those fucking buttons do? And, and for that matter, what, what visual changes appear from movie to movie? <laughs> like, I wonder if we can figure that out. Get to the bottom of this. You know, that's again, stuff you look at while you're shitting. Yeah, but you get like, yeah. you watch one because of how the algorithm works. And then, you watch yeah. one like, I'm curious about the inner machinations of how a lightsaber works. And I was right. like, what do all the lightsaber colors what mean? What do they like, mean? I don't the crystals. fucking yeah. But then I get the man. one video where it's like, we we got a professional dueling lightsaber to make it look like Lego. It's like, all right, that's kind of sick. I made the mistake because there's this, uh, people were owning Jordan Peterson because he put up a clip. He, I guess he got suspended from Twitter for like dead naming Elliot Page or something like that. So he yeah. posted a video Ooh. of him where he's like uh, sitting in a chair and he's like trying to look all hardcore. And this is a man who speaks and it sounds like Kermit the Frog. Like, <laughs> listen here, bucko. Like, listen, listen here, bucko. Listen, yeah, listen here, bucko. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I don't like and that's totalitarianism. Yeah, you know, uh, and he's, <laughs> if you'll tell me exactly what I did to earn this suspension, you sons of bitches. <laughs> like, and people were just dunking on him so hard. So I made the mistake of finding the original video on YouTube. And now they're like, you must like Jordan Peterson. I'm like, no, I don't no. want to fucking watch anymore. Jordan Peterson owns a fucking blue hair at a, at a college debate, whatever. I'm just like enough. <laughs> so, I had like this, like a similar thing where, um, anyway, to balance that out, you have to type in Slavo Zizek and then that cancels it out. <laughs> so that's, that's how it works. Anyway, continue. Like I was having like a similar thing where, I was really just 
like engaging with the community posts of like whatever the the suspected overturning of Roe v. Wade and all that. So then when uh, it actually happened, you fucked up. There was a there were a video damn near instantly popped up in my recommended, and it was How a guy home abortion. where it was just like not no 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 no. It was like right wing where it was just like. We have won. Today. <laughs> it was like I am no yikes, boy. Yeah. And it was like a mid twenties guy with a clean cut beard, and it's like, oh, this is disgusting. I'm gonna swerve that pothole. I'll be honest. Yeah, if you're if you're that concerned, just Google it and read articles. Don't go to YouTube. I also don't ever. I mean, I do only lurk on Twitter. Like the 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 show has a Twitter account, but I don't use that. I mainly just follow like like irony people and uh, people who draw web comics. And that's, that's it. Like web comics where like every character has a hard penis and it's cartoonishly <laughs> drawn. One today I saw this guy goes, let me put on my thinking cap. And he picks up another crudely drawn man with a gaping asshole and just puts the man's ass on his head. <laughs> <laughs> it's just shit like that is tremendously funny. That in, uh, finding pictures of celebrities that have had a lot of plastic surgery and zooming in on their hands because that's how you can tell how old they are because yeah. there's no plastic surgery that fixes your hands. So that's where all your age shows up. You look like the fucking... Interesting. You look like that little smart ass from Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, fellas, until next time. But Drew, uh, uh, if you promise to be on the show next week, don't say anything until it ends. Bye.